0: Hi, everyone. Dave Stahoviak here, host of the Coaching for Leaders podcast with the start of a new audio course on how to get traction with a new habit. I've just opened up applications to the Coaching for Leaders Academy through Friday, March 24th. The Academy is an intimate cohort of participant leaders who work personally with me to accelerate their leadership development and organizational results. You can discover more and apply by going over to coachingforleaders.com/academy. This is the first lesson in a special audio course this week on how to get traction with a new habit. Virtually every leader I work with wants to create and more importantly stick with Effective new habits. In this brief course, I'm going to zero in on five steps to get traction with a new habit. It's a very similar process we use in our academy cohorts to help us make changes to the behaviors that will help us lead better. And since our academy is all about behavior change, this is an important component of helping our members accelerate their growth. Whenever I open up applications to the academy, it is my goal. To support everyone here in our listening community, regardless if the Academy is right for you. This course will help you to get started on getting traction on a new habit. And it will also be helpful as a starting point if you decide to apply for the Academy. So this is the first of five lessons airing in the coming days. Once applications close to the Academy on Friday, March 24th, this course will be removed from the public directories and the podcast apps, but I'll still be making it available for full access inside of our free membership. Those of you who are free members already have full access, you can just log into the site and select the button that says courses. And if you don't already have a free membership set up, go over to coachingforleaders.com, set up your free membership. And you'll get permanent access to this course and all the other benefits inside the free membership site of the website, including a number of past audio courses that are already there. So with that, let's get started on the first lesson. I was never athletic when I was a kid, and there was one thing that I dreaded more than anything when I was in junior high school, running. Sixth grade was the first time that we had to regularly run a mile. Every Wednesday, I used to dread it. I still remember Mrs. Campbell yelling across the field, You can do it, Stehoviak. <laughs> Ironically, I knew I could do it. I just didn't want to. I would usually end up running a 9- or a 10-minute mile if I really worked hard. Occasionally, I'd get into the 8-minute zone. But even when I did, all the cool kids would be zipping by, running their 5- and 6-minute miles just wasn't my thing. When I got to high school, I decided that I owed it to myself to at least attempt something athletic in some sort of meaningful way. So I signed up for one season of track and field in my sophomore year, and I walked onto a team that didn't make any cuts. And it's a good thing, too, because I finished dead last in every single race I ever ran. But something happened during that season. I actually discovered that I kind of liked running. I wasn't fast. I was never going to win any races. But I found myself going out for runs to stay fit after the season was over. And I kept on running. And then one afternoon, I went out to the track after school and decided to time myself running the mile. By then, it was my senior year, and I hadn't formally timed myself running a mile in a long time. So I did it. And I looked down at the watch when I finished. Six minutes, 18 seconds. I was stunned. And it dawned on me. Holy cow. I'm a runner. That was almost 30 years ago. And I've thought about myself as a runner ever since. And I've also run a ton since then. But not always. In fact, there was an entire year in that time that I didn't run at all because I had a knee injury. But... I still identified as a runner even then. And I'll probably still identify as a runner someday when I can't physically run anymore. It's been an ongoing lesson for me in the power of identity. Identity is more powerful in changing behavior than just having a goal. If I'd had a goal back then to run a sub-630 mile, I may or may not have ever done much running after achieving that. But because I actually started by identifying as a runner, the behavior has followed me for decades. You often hear me espouse that real learning is behavior change. A lot of what we call learning is just knowledge gathering, reading books, going to conferences, attending courses, listening to podcasts, all great stuff to do and a critical starting point for the learning process. But without any behavior change after it, not what I would call fully learning. Real learning is a lot harder, and it requires us to actually change our behavior through a new habit. If you've ever gotten tough feedback from a manager or worked through a fear of public speaking, or if you've ever had a health scare that necessitated you changing your diet or exercise, you know how hard developing a new skill and getting traction with a new habit can be. James Clear appeared on the podcast a while back. He is the author of the best-selling book, Atomic Habits. His research finds that if you really want to get and build good habits, it's helpful to frame behavior change, not as a goal, but as an identity. Before I read his book, I often thought about most new habits as goals, and his research changed my mind on this. Now I realize through his work and the work of some of the other experts I'll highlight in the coming lessons that it's actually helpful to frame a habit as an identity rather than a goal. But how? Well, for that distinction, I think Whitney Johnson's message on the podcast a while back is really helpful for us. She's the author of the best-selling book, Smart Growth. She invites us, when thinking about learning and growth, to use nouns rather than verbs. So here's how that sounds different. Phrasing a new habit as a verb is... I'm going to start asking more coaching questions. That's a goal, right? Starting to ask more coaching questions. Phrasing this as a noun is different. I am a coach-like leader. Hear the difference? A goal is an outcome, but an identity is a decision about who you are becoming. What's a new identity that's important for you to take on now? Are you becoming a coach-like leader or a present listener? or an encourager, or something else. Write it down as a noun, who you are becoming. Once you do, the next steps in the coming lessons will help you move that identity into reality. When our academy cohorts begin, we spend several weeks clarifying what's important to each leader in the coming two to three years. And then we distill the big picture down to three focus areas. Those focus areas then become the framework for the commitments we take on. And you guessed it, we frame each of those commitments as identities first, so we know who we're becoming. If that kind of support may be helpful to you, I invite you to discover more about the Academy and apply before Friday, March 24th. You can do so at Coaching for Leaders. slash academy. And if you want access to this audio course permanently, simply go to coachingforleaders.com to set up your free membership. Now that I've invited you to determine your new identity, details coming in the next lesson on how to take a daily action.